0: In a second, you will hear my interview with Shea Coulee, who is just, ah, chef's We talk about childhood sexual awakenings, the power of protest, and she tells me what Rihanna is really like. But before we get into it, I just want to thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Believe it or not, this is the final episode of season one. Can you believe it? Don't worry, though i have a feeling you haven't seen the last of us so keep an eye out on my socials and hopefully you'll be seeing some more episodes coming soon in the meantime please enjoy this interview with shea coulet and don't forget to rate and review us on apple podcasts a little note on this podcast before we continue I use the word queer a lot here. For me, it's a fabulous umbrella term which encompasses the gorgeous entirety of the LGBTQIA community. And this community that I'm trying to show the richness of with this podcast. For me, the word queer is a brilliant way of saying not straight. But this word may not feel right for you and that is totally okay. You can feel free to substitute mentally any word that makes you feel gorgeous. Anyway... On with
1: the show
0: I am so excited about my guest today. Uh this Powerhouse performer and fashion icon first made a splash on RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9 and then, of course, went on to win RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars earlier this year. In addition to being incredibly talented, she's also incredibly outspoken and political. And if you haven't seen it, go check out her incredible and powerful speech at about Black Lives Matter protests in Chicago this summer. I say this wholeheartedly, I think she's one of the most exciting drag artists in the world right now. She didn't come to play. She came to slay. It's Shay
2: Clay. Hello. Hi, Crystal. Hi. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. It's like so great to be looking at your face again. I think uh, we met at DragCon in January in London, but... Um, yes, in
2: January, shortly before the world got shut down.
0: I know. And we're not going to talk about that because it's too... It's too depressing, but <laughs> what what I want to ask you is what are some amazing things that have happened to you other than other than the very obvious one? Wow.
2: I mean, yeah, no, um, uh, I definitely winning all stars five is a big one. Um, uh, walking in the Savage Fenty show is definitely a highlight there. That was so incredible. Um, being on the cover of Out magazine was really, really dope. Um, I got to meet Elizabeth Warren and like, I just like, there's been so many amazing things that have happened this year. It's just, I I do believe in balance. So for all the craziness (laughs) that's going on, at least I have some really positive moments to reflect on and be happy
0: about. Do you think maybe maybe this is all your fault? I think you might be the second witch we've had on who maybe caused the pandemic because everything was going so well. You we needed to, to balance it
2: out. <laughs> yes, you know she's quite magical, I must say. But you know, um, yeah, I'm 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 just like here to uh, cast a spell and conjure all the fierceness that I can. Uh, you're doing it, babe. That Savage, <laughs> Fent-
0: that Savage Fenty show was so insane.
2: It was nuts and it was so crazy filming. I've never done something quite that fast paced when you're really just kind of like thrown into like such a high level of production where you really just have to serve it and deliver like in two takes and that's it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Because just like the, all of the moving parts of it, it looked like it would have taken so many takes because there weren't that many cuts and everything like there were such long shots. No, that
2: was the part that made it difficult the fact that there were no cuts because you basically had to like run around these cameras and I'm in these like tiny little stilettos that were like two sizes too small and I'm like these cameramen are in flats and I was like not fair <laughs> 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 but it was it, it you know it worked out and I'm I'm like so glad that I got the chance to have that experience and work with Rihanna and her team. They were all just like really awesome and respectful and it was such a positive experience.
0: I mean, that's what you want to believe about Rihanna. Like that's what I think we were all Yeah. That's the fantasy I, I want from Rihanna. So I'm really glad
2: to hear you say true. Yeah, it's meeting my expectations. And that's like <laughs> yeah. I feel it's rare in this business. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm really glad that I got to got to have that experience. Never meet your heroes unless they're Rihanna. right
0: (laughs) unless you're rihanna absolutely (laughs) um i also really thought with that show like i don't know if it's the same in america but i get asked all the time by like student photographers and like people who are just kind of getting into drag like oh i would love to do a video where like you put on your makeup and like i just totally eye roll at it all the time now Mm -hmm. because it's just so common but then but when rihanna asks yeah, do it. absolutely.
2: <laughs> they asked me uh, if I would come out like a week before to come and literally just have them uh, film me getting into drag. And like you said, normally you're like, that's so cliche, but uh, you know, Rihanna and her team were like, it'll be really cinematic. I was just like, um, yeah, you know, if Rihanna asks, I'm definitely going to come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You don't you don't say, Rihanna, like,
0: that's been done before.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like, for you, anything.
0: Also, I don't know if it's ever been done that nicely. Like, that looked good.
2: <laughs> yeah, and seeing it back, I was like, damn. And it was really cool, too, because the director was a queer woman, and we, like, had so much fun together just, like, conversing and working together. Like, she really has such a diverse team. Like, everyone was really cool. Yes, Rihanna.
0: <laughs> yes um, I don't know if you want to talk about this or if, you, if you're all talked out about it but like the other thing that I saw from you this year that was just in, insane and amazing um, and probably really nuts for you was just everything that happened in Chicago uh, the drag town hall like that, that all of it like it was so inspiring to watch from afar and um, just the way you all handled yourselves I just thought it was really incredible How is that all feeling now?
2: Yeah, I mean, we are definitely... I feel like um, there is so much cultural change and shift that happened this year in general. And I feel like it had been years and years and years of just... um, really bad oppressive management and tactics in a lot of these establishments. And when it really boiled down to, and we looked at the scene um, in Chicago and we thought about, you know, who was really doing major contributions as far as like performances and supporting other artists, we were like, you know, um, the Black drag queens in Chicago really are the backbone of this city and yet they are fighting tooth and nail in order to get um, representation and respect and I feel that when we did um, the march, that was just a moment where we all kind of collectively were like let's just um, air these grievances and be honest about what's going on here because now people are listening Mm. so we have a moment where the mic has been passed to us and we we have the opportunity to really just crack this wide open and have an open dialogue and a conversation and within that a lot of people who have you know done things to to black drag queens had to be held accountable for their actions and their microaggressions and uh, yeah. even now we are still working to get people to hold themselves accountable and make the necessary change but we have we have seen a shift and there have been some changes implemented, but uh, we want more than just lip service, like real restorative justice is important. And I think organizing and creating the Chicago Black Drag Council has um allowed the queens to really uh, mobilize and organize to help better this city and better this community for for everybody. Because when we start with who is most marginalized, those being majority Black trans women, and we make them safe and we make it a community that's safe and inclusive for them, then it just really, it's it's a... From that point on, it becomes inclusive for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's really, really important. I think a lot of times people... Um, Who experience certain privileges even if they are part of the LGBTQ community forget and they think to themselves like well if we're helping this person who's helping me? Well your house is not on fire right now. We're talking about this person that needs immediate help now and you know because if that person's house is on fire and we don't extinguish it then your house very well may be on fire and that's kind of like Mm -hmm. the mentality of of wanting to help people who need it the most because um, that's just, I feel like that's just what fosters positive community and positive relationships within the community. And it's such a shame that um, we have to be teaching
0: and that you have to be teaching queer people about this who are the people who should understand it the most but it's wonderful that you're doing that work and um, all I can do is applaud you from across the pond it's really wonderful
2: thank you and I really appreciate how outspoken you've been um, throughout all this as well like I've definitely been watching and appreciating from over here so um, I feel like allyship is very important and just like being there to support and uplift and amplify black voices is also a really great great thing so I appreciate you for doing that as well well well, it is
0: literally the minimum I can do, so I'm very happy to do it. Um, right. Well, Shay, shall we get
2: into the things that made you queer? Oh, my God. There's so much. Actually, there wasn't much. I just like popped out. <laughs> just it's <gay> as hell. <laughs> I'm
0: really excited to get into it. Shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Person. Okay, so up first, we have your person, and you've put Patrick Swayze in Ghost in the year 1990, that film came out. So you're, like, minus one.
2: <laughs> yeah. I w- Okay, so I would be- I, I, this was at this was 93 when I saw it. And um I don't, like, I just remember I was in the like, was we had, like, a family room that was, like, in our basement, right? And that's where we, like, watch all of our TV and movies. Mm -hmm. And I remember I'm, like, sitting there on the sofa and I feel like my mom went to go upstairs to, like, refresh, like, the popcorn. And um you know, that scene comes where, like, you know, Jimmy Moore is up late making that clay pot and then Patrick Swayze comes and he's all, like, shirtless oh, and yeah. everything. And they start making that, throwing that clay on the wheel. And there's something, like, kind of, like, phallic about the way they're, like, stroking this, like... Oh, yeah. And, Not kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, like, and it's <laughs> crazy to say this, but you know what? I'm just, like, I'm just, like, being honest because this is literally my experience. But even at the Tinder... Age of four years old, like I was aroused. Like, I remember I got an erection and I just remember, like, I was sitting there in my PJs and I was like, um, hmm, what is this feeling so funny and new? (laughs) And I just like sat there and I was like, I just feel so tingly watching this man and I knew it wasn't anymore and yeah, I was just all like oh my gosh it was insane <laughs> that is officially going to be
0: on the press release for this podcast um Lay boner at 4 <laughs>
2: what is this feeling so sudden and new? It's like, like this (laughs) tingling happening. And I knew it was like for Patrick. And I was just like, "Um, okay, let me just like compartmentalize this for the time being. Let me just file this one away. But that was definitely the like person. Definitely. Four year old
0: you is like, I'm going to need this memory in about 10 years. But for now, I I don't know what to do with it.
2: (laughs) Uh (laughs) i was like let me just hold on to this
0: wow that's amazing um it's so funny that you put ghost down because i had actually never seen it until this weekend like i watched it three days ago for the very first time
2: i Um, love that
0: yeah and yeah he is so hot in it
2: like fine just yeah. like oh uh. and he's out here like dying saving molly's mm-hmm. life and stuff and like getting mugged. and then you have like whoopi goldberg who's just all like you know just serving you classic amazing drag levels of camp it's everything yeah
0: she's incredible um mm-hmm. I think I realized what kind of film I was in for when, like, it's the very first scene and it's Patrick Swayze and then the evil friend, and they're both talkless and just like sledgehammering a wall down.
2: Oh my God. Yeah. Like, they're fucking sweaty hell. And just like, <laughs> ooh, you're like, you better remodel that. Fucking yeah. like New York yeah. loft. Yeah.
0: Break down my
2: walls. <laughs> uh-huh. Him and Fitz from um, Scandal. Plays the president on Scandal. Oh, okay. Yeah, the bad, the evil friends. Ooh, and so... Is he still hot? <gasps> oh, my God, in Scandal. He's, like, daddy levels. About, like, okay. he upgraded and just became, like, full-on, <laughs> like, daddy. Like, ooh. And I, I, ooh. Because <laughs> he was...
0: I think he was more the one for me in that movie, because I just... I like him a bit mean.
2: Oh yeah, you do. You like him mean with surly, curly hair. <laughs> yeah,
0: but that—I mean, Patrick Swayze—that—that that is a very attractive man, and it's—I love that. Like four-year-old you could see it. Where? So you're in Illinois.
2: Um, at this point, we were living in Indiana. Indiana. So just like right next door. Right I don't know
0: that I don't actually know the difference,
2: yeah, I wasn't gonna ask you i I did not assume that you knew the difference between Indiana and Illinois. They are right next to each other <laughs> <laughs> they they practically right. have the same shape
0: <laughs> and what's what's life like there for four year old Shay like how does that all feel?
2: Oh my God, it's rural around the middle of nowhere, but I don't know right. anything. I don't know anything different besides, like, this, like, small town upbringing. And I was the youngest of five kids, so there was just a lot of brothers and sisters running around. So it was cute for me as a four-year-old. I mean, I knew I was different, but not in any way that I hadn't quite gotten to that stage where I started to feel like any sort of otherness yeah mm. so I was still very like happy-go-lucky
0: mm. what age did that kind of start to come in
2: oh uh, I'd say like probably around like eight or nine yeah when I like yeah when you like really start developing like very hard core strong personality traits and I was just more femme than the other boys and was not interested in playing sports. I was interested in going to the hair salon with my mom. (laughs) (laughs) On Saturday, it was like, that was a treat for me. Like, oh my gosh, that was such a time.
0: That's amazing. So you're like eight or nine and you're just trying to get out of going to basketball or soccer or whatever and
2: it is basketball yeah my dad was the basketball coach and i was just all like i'm not good at this like (laughs) i don't know why i have to come here every single saturday morning and pretend like i'm into this but i was like i guess i'll do what i gotta do to impress dad yeah
0: (laughs) my dad tried to get me to do basketball for i think twice and like the second time i just kicking and screaming like holding onto the bed and i gave up on that pretty quick
2: i was like can i dance like can i do that like i don't want to do basketball i want to (laughs) dance yeah
0: well maybe that moves us on really nicely actually to your second item
2: music
0: and you've actually just put beyonce yeah <laughs> which i love um
2: yeah I, yeah let's just like just beyonce um yeah
0: <laughs> so we're fast forwarding a bit
2: yeah we're fast forward. but also i was introduced to beyonce at the tender age of seven years old and at oh, that, right. yeah and at that age i already was lip-syncing to all the destiny's child songs mm-hmm. but when she went so Were dangerously in love back in like 2003, 2002, something like that. Mm -hmm. When, um, uh, crazy in love. Okay, yes, because the album was dangerously in love, but the single was crazy in love. And when that video came out, her and the and the booty shorts and the white tank top yep. and the red heels like i i went and found some old jeans and i cut them into some little booty shorts that i had hidden under my bed and i was like doing all the moves in the music video in my living room when like no one was home and parents were at work <laughs> like just oh my gosh using some party city wig that i got from like halloween that was also hidden under my bed Wow. <laughs> and giving you full-on lip-sync drag performances like I was practicing like I was practicing at a young yes. age ready for
0: it <laughs> did you have any like siblings or friends to like
2: fan you to give you some wind machine um, no I was a one-woman show like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one really knew that I was doing um, Beyonce world tours in the living room but me
0: <laughs> that's amazing I-, I mean that that album was a a cultural reset, <laughs> yeah, for like sure. like, Baby Boy,
2: I remember oh, that. Boy. Like something where I was like, she is so sexy and, like, to quote um, Alana from Broad City, I remember being like, I don't know if I want to be in you or be you. <laughs> and I realized that, like, I just wanted to be her. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, I was like, because if a woman as sexy as Beyonce can't Like do it for me, but I still feel so tingly about her. I was just all like, yeah, you're definitely gay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was like, you just love her in a different way.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's a wig under your bed, and I can't stop thinking about Patrick (laughs) Swayze. Yeah, must.
2: (laughs) Like, didn't everybody else have under their bed wigs? No, just me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, we're like, I guess, what, 12 here? Something like that? 13?
2: Yeah, we're like 13.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. And have you kind of accepted for yourself that is this kind of when you started to be like, oh, I think I might be gay? Or is that still to come?
2: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I definitely knew that I was like gay. I was just trying to convince everybody else Mm -hmm. that I wasn't. (laughs)
0: And had you come Mm -hmm. out? had you told anyone else at this point?
2: No, I hadn't told anybody else, Mm. even though there was like signs, people knew, like, I know, like my family knew mostly because like at this time, like, I remember like at this age, I got caught because, um... I had went online searching for uh, gay porn and, uh, you know, that search history didn't know how to clear Tell that. Tell as old as time. <laughs> just, you know, I tried to pass it off as curiosity, but it was a lot more than just curiosity. Yeah. How were
0: your parents with it?
2: Oh, they were so upset. My Christian uh, conservative parents were not having it. They did not. They were like, you do not want to live this life. This is not the life. This is not the path that you want to go down. And I was just all like, "Mm." (laughs) I feel like i have already, I don't feel like there's any going back for me. I was like, I will pray on it. I've been praying on it, but I haven't heard an answer yet. So I think that that's a sign in and of itself.
0: That's so, um, you saying that is actually so poignant, I think, because people say like, you need By the time you've told someone or someone else has started to figure it out, like you've already tried to change it about yourself so hard. You're like, trust me, if I could, I would. It's too late.
2: Yeah, because it's like the way I've seen the way that you guys treat gay people and you're all assholes and you think that I Mm -hmm. want that? No. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I was like, I definitely made the efforts, but I just don't see the change happening.
0: Yeah, that must have been really, really difficult. Did you worry that, like, you were going to lose them?
2: Oh, yeah, I definitely would show so Like, I hope I don't get disowned by my family because you see all these, like, well, you hear all these horror stories about people being um, disowned by their parents. And I just, like, didn't want that to happen. Of course. It's,
0: I mean, I can't think of anything scarier. Yeah. And how, like, how did that go down the line in terms of them, like, in terms of their acceptance?
2: Um, well, when I came out to my parents when I was like 15, um, they did not, they were not yeah. happy about it. But, um, honestly, like after I moved out and went to college was like when things started to change because I was no longer like living in the house and I was kind of like being my own person, doing my own thing. That's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm also kind of blown away by anyone who has the self-possession to come out at 15.
2: Yeah, I, well, I was, like, kind of more so outed uh, because we were, like, watching um, this show Desperate Housewives. Mm-hmm. And one of the characters, Brie Vanicam, she had a gay son, and he was, like, a teenager. He was, like, 16. I was, like, 15 at this point. And um, they, like, showed him, like, kissing his boyfriend on this, like, ABC, you know, show. And my mom was just like, <gasps> how could they like uh, that, uh, show two boys kissing like that is just so terrible like how could they just be showing that on tv blah, blah 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 and like goes on and on and on and then she turns to me and she was just all like well don't you have anything to say about it and I literally was just all like no she is not trying to single me out right now I was like and she knows that I don't have anything to say about it so I was just kind of like no I don't and she's like So you don't see anything wrong with that. And I was just all like, no, I don't. And she was like, are you gay? Wow. And I just looked at her and I was like, yeah, I am. Because I was so mad at being like called out that just like you're at that rebellious age. You're at like 15, 16. So you're just all like, I'm going to say exactly what I think will hurt you the most. Yeah. And uh, that was the truth. (laughs) 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 So uh, I told her the truth and it definitely hurt i could see it in her eyes like well up because she was having to in that moment like mourn the future that she had dreamed about for me the wife the kids the grandkids Mm -hmm. because she could see that all slipping away in that moment but that's just how it happened
0: wow that's amazing like not good amazing but just like it, um, uh, I can really kind of see that whole scene and, like, imagine being, yeah, that rebellious teen and <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll doing, tell it, you,
0: doing it in anger. Yeah,
2: you asked, you asked. So now I'm going to give you the answer that you may not want, but you deserve.
0: And, I mean, there's a lesson there about, like, speaking truth.
2: Mm-hmm. Asking you shall receive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, I, we've kind of moved on from Beyonce a bit, but, like, I th- I think that's, it's all kind of a trajectory, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes sense. The, you go from a wig under the bed into, um, <laughs> before you know it, yelling, I'm gay at your mom. Yeah, like, yeah, it makes <laughs> yeah. Um I think maybe that moves us on to our, your next item. Film or TV series? And you've put Nip Tuck, and you've put specifically Nip Tuck season two with Willem.
2: Yes. Um this actually, it's funny, this, like, moment specifically had happened, like, timeline-wise, like, I'm saying, like, maybe within a month right before I came out. Because this was, like, right before my 16th birthday. Okay. And in this season, um, one of the main characters, Dr. McNamara, has a son um, named Matt, who... um Develops a romantic relationship with his mother's life coach named Ava, loses his virginity to her, and then they later on find out that Ava is trans. Yes. So, this, like, I think he's like 17, 18 um, at the time is like questioning his sexuality because he just all like, you know, this woman that I love is trans. So does that make me gay? Mm. And he's like questioning himself. And there's a scene where his grandma comes into his room and he's like smoking weed and she starts like smoking the bong with him. And, uh, you know, he starts going on on all these like absolutes and I'm not this, I'm not that I'm not this, I'm not that, you know, just talking about his identity. And she goes, so what if you are? And he's like, what? And she just goes, she looks at him after hitting this bong and goes, would you rather live a safe life or an authentic one? And I remember just being like 15 and just like those words, just like, like through the screen, I was just like, "Wow." yeah, that is like the only question that I should be asking myself. Like right now, While I'm questioning all these things, like the only question I really should be asking is, would I rather live a safe life or an authentic one? And I knew in that moment, I was like, I want to live an authentic life because I don't want to get down the line being an unhappy person who made every safe decision that I could. Like, being true to yourself involves risk. Like, that's life. Yes. And that moment really just, like, set this whole... And that still rings true to me to this very, 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 very day. Like, I just always think about that. Like, you know, when it comes to decision-making, like, which path do I want to choose? So... Yeah.
0: And and look where it's... Look, like, the heights that it's taking you to as well. Just, like, comfort is kind of overrated,
2: Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i think yeah it's just all like yeah and part of life is being uncomfortable and like Mm -hmm. the more that you familiarize yourself with being uncomfortable it will actually become comfortable yes like so just like challenge yourself yeah
0: well that's amazing and like i just can't imagine those words like just punched me in the gut and and did it
2: they really did and i'm like here it is this ryan murphy drama that's like salacious just about like sex and cheating and this and this and that but like little did i know he was really like these writers were helping to create such an interesting um dialogue and post such a an important question that really shifted and changed my life, you know? And Willem played a love interest of the character too. Like, and it's so crazy to always think back to that because I was like, and that person who was, you know, playing on one of these trans characters is now like my like drag race sister whom I like love. It's great. Amazing.
0: Ryan Murphy has so much to answer for, I think.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Shout out to Ryan Murphy. <laughs> you guys could thank Seriously. the world for because they can because it definitely to um, get her onto that path.
0: <laughs> oh, that's that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. We are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more of the things that made Shaycule queer.
1: Yes. Miss Quarantina Turner got you feeling down. Never fear divas because the Wow Podcast Network is here. Hey. Coming this year are brand new episodes of your fave pods such as mine, the girl group gossip starring me, Cheryl Hole. Hi Cheryl, how's your hole? Hole is worn out, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> to the triumphant return of the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, or as we like to call it, Sheila, ready to <laughs> have her. And not to mention bringing um...
0: tap dancing and sh- <laughs> <laughs> that was this close to being the name of this show. <laughs>
1: From RuPaul's Drag Race UK Crystal and season 12's Jackie Cox, the WoW Podcast Network will be the one-stop shop for all your drag-related podcast adventures. So for more deets, go to worldofwonder.com forward slash podcast.
0: And we are back with Sheikulet and the things that made her queer. Um, so Shay, we're up to like what, 16, mm-hmm. I guess. And um, I think that takes us on to your next item, which is your place. Place. And you've put the choir practice rooms at Plainfield Central High School. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I... Uh, I can see this going one of two ways. So I'm I'm just gonna <laughs> let you I'm gonna let you take it away. <laughs>
2: no, I feel like if for anybody that was in my choir or band, you know what like the little practice rooms are like where you do like lessons or whatever. It's this tiny little like center block soundproof room with like a piano. music stand that's it and we were after school we had had like a choir rehearsal it was i think it was vocal jazz yeah we were like we had had this like vocal jazz um rehearsal this was like spring semester and we were hanging out our ride was coming in like 30 minutes and it was um my friend nathan henry's mom And it was myself, Nathan, and our friend Ashley Gilbertson. And we are just, like, chilling in the practice room, like, just, you know, shooting the shit, not doing anything major. And then I don't know how we got on the subject, but we were like, yeah, no, I've never, like, kissed a boy before. And, you know, like, Ashley at this point had kissed tons of boys. And she was just all like, "Um, Jaren, like, you think, like, Nathan's cute, right? And I was like, yeah, he's cute. And she's like, Nate, like, you think Jaren's cute, right? And he's like, yeah, he's cute. And she's like, well, then you guys should just, like, make out. <laughs> oh, my
0: God, I love this.
2: <laughs> and, like, just, like, on this, like, dare. And we're, like, sitting there, like, looking at each other. And I really did think he was cute. So I was just, like, I mean, I don't know, I guess. Like, I did have my first kiss with, like, a boy in front of this girl. And uh, we totally did it. And we totally made out. And I remember, like, kissing him and like you know we're like slipping tongue for the first time and it's just like so kind of like timid but still like I was so into it I remember just like pulling away after just like a couple seconds of kissing and like turning to look and like Ashley's jaw is like on the floor and she's like (laughs) that was so hot (laughs) and like on the inside I was like oh my god me too that was so hot but that yeah that place <laughs> definitely those choir practice rooms yeah with good old Nathan Henry shout out to we you. have
0: to stand. we have to stand, Ashley <laughs> no. I think Ashley is the hero, <laughs> the hero of this story She's <laughs> the
2: MVP of this story yeah yes. no Ashley was just so like I have these like two like clearly gay friends and they haven't kissed anybody yet so they should just do it
0: Ashley said gay rights <laughs>
2: she did she did <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am. Um, I think everyone deserves a friend like Ashley. Like that. Yeah, that's just wonderful. Did you?
2: We <laughs> are.
0: Did you and Nathan stay in touch?
2: Um, it's funny. I um. As I live in Chicago now, he does as well, and sometimes I will bump into him um, randomly. Well, this was like back when the world was open. <laughs> I would like randomly bump into him at yeah. like a bar, at like brunch, and it's always like really, really great, 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 great to see him. So,
0: and and how did your like high school romance? bloom or was it just kind
2: of a one-off no it was just a one-off we were friends but oh. we still shared our first kiss which is nice that's so cute uh-huh. <laughs> i kind of
0: it's kind of even sweeter that it was just like yeah we're just gonna we're just gonna do this it's gonna be like a first kiss and that's that's it yeah
2: we were just kind of like yeah that was basically uh it. we just had shared that first kiss and it's really nice but you know we just remained friends <laughs>
0: that's kind of but that's kind of like way queers have always done it i think like you know we make it with our friends yeah
2: <laughs> and i think too like him and i both had like eyes for other boys but we we're all like we can practice on each other <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: Oh, that's a, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, so um that's your place and then I think that's going to take us on nicely into your wild card. Wild go. So, I guess we finish you finish high school and you go to I'm I'm just guessing here. You correct me if I'm wrong. And you move to Chicago for college. Mm-hmm. And that's where you start and discover drag.
2: Um, I discovered drag my sophomore year of college because um, I was in dance class um, with this queen, Precious Jewel. And um she has now since transitioned and is married and has a child. Um her name is Precious Brady Davis. And wow. uh, yeah. And, Precious
0: Jewel also sounds like um she could be my drag sister, Pre- Precious Jewel and Crystal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
2: um and I love it because, you know, her always obviously being trans, but still, you know. Coming into your own and understanding her identity, she would come into this um it was like i want to say ten thirty so pretty relatively early, especially for this urban campus where people would be like taking the train and whatnot. Um, she would come in with like, you know, still like eyeliner left over from the club and some glitter and like her hair, like the lace still glued down and just like still like in her hair. And I remember just always her coming in and being like, oh, girl, like, oh, like spin last night was just like, mm, just like so crazy. The show we were giving life and I just was, I wasn't of age to go to the bar because, you know, in the U.S. it's 21 and I was only 20. And I was just all like, oh, my God, this sounds so fab. Like, I need to go. Uh-huh. And so finally, when I like was able to see a show, I went to go and see a show that she was doing with Dita Ritz. And that was my first time seeing Dita Ritz perform. And I was just like, ah bitch, (laughs) I was like, I need to do this. I need to be one of the girls, you know? Yes. And uh, yeah, uh, after graduation, I um, got into performing into drag. started around Pride that summer um, and uh, did my first show July 17th, 2011. Um, It was a black burlesque review called Jeezy's Juke Joint. curated by my friend geez louise and um i did a my number was to a beyonce song sugar mama
0: perfect
2: yes and i got and you made a clay pot (laughs) (laughs) everyone um Yeah. And I did that, that, that performance and I got a standing ovation and it was nothing to write home to mom about, but I think it was just like the energy and the intent behind it and how passionate I was about it. And that was such like a validating moment because I've been doing theater like all my life, but I never Mm. had had an audience react to me like that. And I was just all like, okay, well then maybe she needs to put the wig on the heels on (laughs) to get the people (laughs) excited, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Like, the rest is just history. And just, like, from that moment on, I was just like, okay, I love this.
0: That's such, like, such a visual story. You can just picture it so, 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 so clearly. Um, I love that. And like no looking back either it's just like i think that's what happens when you when you find something you love and especially with drag like you you do it the very first time you're like oh
2: well well that's me yeah
0: like spending all my money on hair now
2: right you're like this is it i guess i'll just be like giving up on my necessities for like makeup and hair and wigs and yeah you really got to love it because you do sacrifice a lot.
0: <laughs> I also, am um, Am I right that you studied costume design at university?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a costume design major and I just like would come up with all these like elaborate concepts and my teachers, well not teachers, one specifically would be like, who's going to wear that? And I'd be like, <laughs> I would, like, me? wear this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of, like, where it also was just all, like, yeah, when it came to, like, creating looks, I was just all, like, you could be your own use, and you could just wear these things yourself. And that, like, kind of, like, allowed me to really, like, dive into, like, my drag aesthetic, you know, outside of, like, just performance.
0: Such a good leg like, up. I did... I did costume at uni too, actually. Um, yes, but I I didn't like I didn't know what to do with it until I found drag, and that was probably like seven years after I graduated.
2: The, wait, seven years after? Wait, how long have you been doing drag?
0: Like five years? <gasps>
2: Six drag years? Word. Yeah, yes.
0: not that long. <laughs> not that, that long. I mean, not in in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, it was like when I. I was like, oh, that's why I did this costume degree. Yeah. Like, oh, there's actually, actually something it, useful right? I can do with it.
2: That was like me too. I was like, oh, well, now I can apply this to something because it wasn't like I was working as a costume designer out of college. I, um, Okay, well, I was working as a costume designer. <laughs> <laughs> but it was to contribute to somebody else's vision it wasn't like i was designing like i was like working under somebody else like, <laughs> uh, i was
0: actually it. really
2: successful with i was working at starbucks so i was like actually no you got a full-time job as we're doing costuming like after college so i was like shit it's was in my dream it's wasn't my dream, wasn't my dream. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: <laughs> um have you like when did when did drag go full-time for you
2: when that costume company was actually like kind of like struggling financially and laid like half of us off i was like okay well i don't have a costume gig anymore like that was my full-time job so i was just mm-hmm. all like um i had three months to collect unemployment And to just like figure this out. And I was able to get like a weekly show and I just started going to show promoters and be like, book me, book me, book me. And then I just went like from that point on, I was just like full time. And then I, and then, oh, and then after doing drag, like full time for like a year and me realizing how expensive it was, I then got another uh, uh, part time job working um, at an adult toy store.
0: Oh, naturally.
2: Yeah. You know. <laughs> Swinging the D um, um, and then like going and collecting tips. It is literally no joke. It was right across the street from my weekly gig. So I would literally just like walk literally across the street to the club.
0: Amazing. <laughs> what you said about like being made, uh, getting laid off, like it was, it's that, do you want to be safe or do you want to be authentic thing again too? Like you had to make that.
2: Yeah. You had to make that choice. I remember like the day that uh, the owner told me, I was just all like, okay, so I could go on this grind where I'm like looking for more costume gigs that probably will be just like even more soul sucking than this one. Mm -hmm. I was like, or I can like really just like take a leap of faith and try drag. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, It sounds like I'm blowing smoke up your ass, but I have, I had the exact same experience. I was working for um, a crystal jewelry company Mm -hmm. and they were like, they offered me redundancy. Like they offered me to get laid off and, and they were like, do you want, and we'll give you six months salary. And I was like, okay, well, that's it. That's me decided. Like I'm, I'm not going back to corporate.
2: Land. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> you're like I feel like this is the universe giving me a sign, so I'll take it. Yeah, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: And I also went, I went and got another job like a year later because I was like, shit, I'm a bit scared, and I did. I lasted for six months. So I was like, no, I'd rather be poor. Like,
2: yeah. <laughs> like, let me just. I just need more money for clothes. Yeah, yeah, just a bit. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> drag's expensive, and I want to get some really nice lace dress. Yes. Right. well i think that's like a
0: really really nice place to wrap up it's just that that feeling of like jumping in at the deep end and um look how well it served you
2: yeah so i'm like really glad that it It led me to this (laughs) yeah
0: that said if you're listening to this podcast um drag is full please do not start drag
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bruh, let me tell you baby <laughs> there's a lot of us out there find
0: a different creative thing
2: <laughs> i mean drag is an art so like you i would suggest like get into stoning mm. get into wigs get into something so you can like help make some more money because like sometimes it's not just the gigs like gotta have a side hustle Sometimes you gotta sell adult toys, like whatever you gotta yeah. do. And <laughs> do yeah. It.
0: If you can make if you can do something that will make you indispensable to other queens, then that's probably how, you, that's Absolutely. how you're gonna get that's the gigs you, too.
2: That's how you do it, girl. Yeah. Costume,
0: <laughs> wigs. Everyone can do makeup now, so don't do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I almost said something about makeup like, oh, we all gotta do yeah. our own makeup. Oh, so. <laughs> well,
0: Shay, thank you so much. Those were the things that made you queer. Um thank you for all those like <laughs> surprisingly vivid stories.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a vivid girl. I like to paint the picture.
0: Yeah. Um it's been so so great. So thank you.
2: Yeah, thank you. I had so much fun, Crystal. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh before you go, anything you wanna plug or Um, what should people do if they want to support you?
2: Um, yes. So quick question. When does this episode come out?
0: Excellent question. Probably like a month or so.
2: Oh, right. Well, uh, you can follow me on all socials at Shea Coulee, um, except for TikTok. It's, uh, Miss Coulee, if you nasty. And you is. (laughs) (laughs) Someone already (laughs) took my name. So that's what you get. (laughs) um uh, yeah and go and stream my music video collide follow me on only fans um check out my cute little behind the scenes uh series and uh i almost said vote but you better have fucking done that yeah if you're
0: hearing this now it's if you're hearing this
2: and you did it The cosmic ass whooping that I am like sending out into the universe right now for you is major.
0: And as we heard at the start of this podcast, Shay Clay caused the pandemic because everything was going too well for her. So you do not want <laughs> not that bad karma.
2: <laughs> no, not that bad juju, no. <laughs>
0: okay, thank you so much, Shay. You're the best.
2: Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you so much to my guest, Shea Coulee. And before I go, I just want to pass on some of the things that you said on Twitter made you queer. Bag of Chips mm. says Barry Evans getting pushed off a cliff by Janine in EastEnders, which I think explains everything you need to know about Bag of Chips. Cup of Tea on Twitter says Cara Delavine. which, yes, makes sense definitely and the invisible dan just replied to my question with a photo of ryan philippe's butt in cruel intentions i think you know the one harper who's 16 on twitter says kate mckinnon in the new ghostbusters made her queer which i totally love representation for a new generation and jmg says chris o'donnell in batman and robin i mean it's the nipples for me Well, that is it for season one of The Things That Made Me Queer. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a real pleasure sharing these queer stories with you. And um, it's been my honor to hear about all of these queer journeys from all of these wonderful people. Uh, We may be back for season two. So please subscribe. Tell your friends. Um, And if you didn't like the podcast, well, piss off. Until next time, I've been Crystal. Stay sparkly, transparent, and cheap. Oh, and queer. Our theme song is Something Like Summer, graciously provided by Caveboy. The Things That Made Me Queer is a World of Wonder production.